Welcome to the debut episode of Ain't Nothing Out Here podcast. Um, my brother and I uh, introducing critical conversations on identity, uh, expectation, achievement, loss in relationships from the male perspective. And we take our cues from the idea of a recurring theme in our community. Ain't nothing out here. So it is so much better to be in your crib, safe somewhere with somebody you love. Then out here trying to navigate rough water. Um, it's me and my brother, as I mentioned. Uh, our identities are not important right now. We'll get into why that is so in a little bit. But I will kick to I will kick to my man now to 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 tell more about how did this project come to life? Why did why did the two of us, two black men in a metropolitan area, um, various backgrounds, decide that we were equipped enough and we cared enough to do a project like this? So, brother, I will let you take off. Uh, so I, I guess I'll say, I, I, if I recall correctly, I remember driving down the road, coming off from work, and we were having a conversation. As we typically about, do. You know, <laughs> as we typically do about um, our, our relationships and then talking about our friends who yeah. were complaining or venting, rather, um, about ain't nothing out here. Yeah. Um, talking about how they uh, meet people. And it seems cool on Monday. By Wednesday, they're ghosted, or <laughs> they don't—they um, aren't cooking the spices that they say they are. Right. Cooking with the spices, rather, that they say they are. So I think the project came about from for us about a being happy. Yeah. In our in our own relationship, being happy that we um, decided to. You know, take the time to meet someone where they are mm-hmm. and say, I do, I like you, and I want to make this work, understanding that we are both two imperfect people mm-hmm. um, working together to create our version of perfection, right? Yep. Um, I think that's how that's how it came to, came about. Why, so do you think that we, with this thing, are coming from... And I don't know if this is the right word, but I'll use it. Some kind of place of privilege where we're in somewhere that a lot of folks want to be and <laughs> feel like it's hard to get there. Like, is that is that privilege um, or we just we just work really, really damn hard at this? Uh, so I think so. I think that we have been conditioned to believe um, to fall in love with love. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think that everyone is chasing this concept of. I want to be in love or I want to be with someone. But then when it's time to do the work, we don't necessarily, or folks don't necessarily understand that. Yeah. In the words of my uncle, right? Everything looks good from the window, Mm -hmm. but are you going to write the checks needed to maintain that appearance? And that appearance is, 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 um, um, an, an analogy, if you will, um, of, the, the internal strife that it takes to maintain a healthy relationship, the, the, the holding your tongue because you want to say something, but you realize that you're upset and you can't say it at this particular juncture mm-hmm. because a words hurt more than I believe words hurt more than physical contact. Mm. You can heal from a broken arm, mm-hmm. but you can't heal from being um, disrespected. Mm. Even though you can forgive it, you don't forget it. Right. So I think those are some of the things that um so 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 I, so so off that tandem, I will say this right here. 
I believe that we don't speak from a position of privilege. I think that we speak from a position of experience. Yeah. Um, from the standpoint of we both wanted, you know, I, I, you and I both, had, our vision was similar in that we both wanted to to be committed to someone who was going to be committed to us. So one thing to note about this is like, so we are both married. Um, we are one of us. I would still call you a newlywed. Would you say so? Um, uh, I've been married a year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'm necessarily, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm past the honeymoon. <laughs> newlywed stage. Um, this is year two. Right. Um, I'm working on year. This is where finish our first year, starting our second, but. We've been together six. Yeah. So long-term relationship. And I've been married 15 together, 17. So we, we're we both in long-term relationships, different perspectives or poles in terms of length of time of marriage. Mm-hmm. But I think that what we can contribute is being in the work for a long time, either way. And I think that mm-hmm. staying in it, I think, is is the best contribution that we can offer. Like, we admit freely this thing ain't easy. Um, mm-hmm. We admit freely that it, it is it is complex and simple at the same time, um, and mm-hmm. that there are there's growth you have to make, right? Like there are concessions you have to make, which you talked about. There's growth you have to do. There are milestones you have to hit, and a lot of those are are, are dictated by your partner. A lot of them are dictated by you, but it's it's truly a, a work in progress that's done together. And so I think that's what I, that's what I, we I, are bringing to the conversation. I agree, and I think I, I think that if 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 anything about this particular nugget that I would impart is we collect, you know, we the, the two the per the persons that are in this relationship mm-hmm. or the person that has an interest to be in a relationship, I think you have to understand that you today will not be the you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And the person that you want to be with would not be that same person today as they were yesterday, right? So I think the only thing I'll add to is understanding that to change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. And in order for us to truly be in a position to have like a cool situationship, <laughs> you know, and I say that very, I say that in jest because a relationship is not a situation. Right. But in order for us to truly be in, in relationship, we have to be malleable enough to know that boo today is not going to be the same boo tomorrow. Right. It leads to the last part of it. It's kind of our manifesto for kicking this thing off, right? And, yeah. and why are we equipped to talk about this? Not just the longevity, not just because, you know, we got equipment enough to start a podcast, but more so to the point of, and, and I would frame it through this question. If you today were to be single, I mean, no attachments, no spouse, no nothing. How do you think you would fare in the dating scene or the dating pool? Knowing what, everything that you know now from marriage, long term, six year relationship. How do you think you would fare in the dating pool? Um, I think it would be very interesting to be candid. It will be a challenge because um, I'm not built for the apps. You know, I'm not built for that. You know? I mean, real talk. I'm, I am a hardworking brother, um, educated, 
loosely, right? <laughs> loosely. Um, <laughs> loosely, right? Um, it, I do work in my community, but what I don't have is time to play. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I call it the same way that we are, we are, we work with people who get email gangster. On those apps, man, you talking to people who are, you know, who create this illusion. And then once you begin to connect, because there's so many opportunities out there, yes, sir. you know, one, one simple mistake or one simple character flaw becomes the end of this, this opportunity. And I'm not going to say that, oh, it's a good thing that you saw this flag and moved on because hell, we all have bad days mm-hmm. and me talking a lot ain't a character flaw. You know what I'm saying? So I think that <laughs> shit. I will be. <laughs> I think it would be. It would be hard. It would be hard. It would be hard. I think I would be it an would absolute be thought, brother. Like I'm not gonna lie, because what I hear from people is say like if this is over in 60 seconds, then 30 of them seconds gonna be dedicated to what I want, G. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm I ain't in it for a long time. I'm in it for a good time, and I'm, especially knowing what I know now about listening about paying attention about uh, being caring and attentive and everything you learn from a relationship it would Mm -hmm. feel all too easy to manipulate people because you feel like you've mastered closeness and you feel like you've mastered compassion and so if we're out here playing this game then I'm gonna play it to win it I would be an absolute slut and I don't want to be a slut I want I want to be committed. Like I I, I want I want to be married. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to go to the dark side. Right. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm not gonna deny. You know, <laughs> I would have fun, right? I would have fun. You know, but in the same breath, I think we. Yeah, I, I probably would. I probably would. I probably would spend a lot of time with hurt feelings because I get emotionally attached. So I don't know how to thought and bop without a degree of attachment associated with it. So I'm one of those dudes who, you know, if I like you, I'm going to try to, you know, I'm going to try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I probably, you know, I'll probably be one of those folks who they get ghosted on and then be sitting up there mad and texting and all this other <laughs> shit trying to figure out, like, Sub-tweeting. yo, what's up? <laughs> I thought we were cool, right. you know, type of stuff. Now, granted, I'm sure... There are several people out there who've been in those similar situations and have created this wall, right, mm-hmm. which makes it hard for the next person. So I probably would be one of those folks that have this turn callous and bitter mm-hmm. and say ain't nothing out there. Mm-hmm. I would. I think I would flip it. I would say everything is out here for me, bro. <laughs> on, <laughs> on that note, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to kick off our first conversation masculinity in a relationship how do we define it what are the expectations does it change should it change or stay the same throughout a relationship we'll be right back and we're back uh ain't nothing out here our inaugural episode uh here with my brother uh and again i think i I want to emphasize the fact that you don't know us because at this point it's not important to know us we're you we're you we're where you want to be or where you are working through a relationship ups and downs making it work 
living the dream, right? So knowing our names, knowing where we work, knowing what we do, all of that is inconsequential to the conversation we love to have with you. And we hope that you guys will leave comments, that you email us, um, which I'll drop at the end of the show. Um, but it, it, it's all, this is you. This is your conversation. We hope you, you, you take a big part in it and enjoy it. Let's start off with, let's start off with our first topic uh, of the new year of this show. Masculinity in a relationship. How do we define it? Now, we know that there are certain elements within, I guess, gender construct, right? If you're talking about a man and a woman, you're talking about a man and a man, mm-hmm. you're talking about a woman and a woman. There are certain things that one person is prone to do. Another person is prone to do something else. They kind of attach to femininity, masculinity. Do you agree? First, let me ask you this. How, how would you define that? How do you define masculinity relationship? So I'm probably so when I think of masculinity in a relationship, I automatically go back to my uncle, right? Because my dad, my dad was a womanizer, so I didn't, you know, he was he started in box, right? He was a cool dude, all that kind of stuff. But I'm going back to my uncle, um, and for me, going back to my uncle, I am thinking about how he was a provider, right? How he took care of his family, but also his his mom, right? And he helped his mom out. He helped out other folks, you know what I'm saying? So for me, in a relationship, masculinity is, was, at that, at that, for that particular frame of reference, um, providing. Right. Um, coming from the South, you know, men provided for their family. The right. love piece was something that the love piece was something that was never there. So until, you know, cause I don't think that, um, a lot of our Southern relationships were foundationally built on love. I think they were built on survival. Right. And then love came from that support or that being taken care of. Right. It's interesting. So, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't huh? get you off. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. So, so that's my, that's, that's, so, so, so that's my frame. That was my framework for, you know, masculinity and relationship, right? Was, I'm a man, I provide. Right. It, it, do you think everybody defines it that way? For better or for worse that everybody does? Um, uh, so I think it depends. I think that we are enamored with this, this notion, right, that masculinity is um, men who are hyper-masculine, um, who make decisions and say, we're going to do this and take care of their responsibilities, um, you know, and, and, you know, that is, I believe, today's version of masculinity. Um, as when I, when I, when I watch, when I hear programming, when I see television programming, I think those are the things that I, I, I consider. I see when I see masculinity, right? Um, but do you, if I were to just pose that to what I recall back in the day, like my grandfather, mm-hmm. who, you know, masculinity. He was a man of few words who took care of his family. 
and and even then it's a different era right like it's there a was era. as we've I, I guess the best word to use is we've evolved and people think of masculinity and gender roles differently even in our identity right so do you right. think that, that that goes over into relationships and then that changes the expectations of what masculinity is so for example if I and we were talking about this in preparation for this show we we had a similar idea of what people tend to think about what masculinity is. But if we think of like some, some guys just in pop culture, particularly brothers who we think of as men, like real men. Right. So we were throwing out names. Um, you know, if you said Jim Brown is a man, right. He's an athlete. If you said mm-hmm. uh, Malcolm X, right. That's mm-hmm. a man. Mm-hmm. But then we don't commonly, commonly associate, um, you know Martin Luther King, Barack Obama, and mm-hmm. their their most powerful or most obvious traits as masculine, manly traits. Even though courage uh, is one, if you think of Martin Luther King, you think courage. If you think of intellect, that's manliness too. Uh, for Barack mm-hmm. Obama, do you think people easily can get to that level of thinking? Should people easily get to that level of thinking when we think about masculinity and? Here's what I'm looking for in a man. Oh, my. Um, I think like I think you said it right. Like people. The first thing you think is, OK, is he going to provide for me? Is he going to protect me? Nobody really thinks. Is he going to challenge me intellectually for the rest of my life? Is he going to be community minded to the point of he can galvanize people to do better for his society? Those are manly attributes, too. Those are those are human yeah. attributes, but one that. Men, you typically think of men embodying. It's part of our struggle not doing that. So I think those are manly attributes, right? Mm -hmm. But some one one could argue, right? One could say, "Yo, um, I don't necessarily agree that someone pushing me mentally Mm -hmm. is masculine." Uh huh. Um, you know, it could, it could, it could be, you know, that could be one of the things that, you know, whereas I, to be completely candid, don't think of intellect as masculinity. Right. I think of intellect as an attractive feature in a person. In a person, right. You know, but, but, but when I think of masculinity, I don't think of a motherfucker being smart as being mad. <laughs> Anybody, everybody I'm, should be smart. Everybody should be smart. Everybody that has the per- potential to be smart should be smart because everybody's not, right? But when I think of masculinity, um, I, I, like I said, I am, I, and maybe it's just because of the ingrained living experience that I have, I always revert back to that whole notion of providing. And, you know, I remember like, okay, like my grandfather would come home and he would be like, you know, what we having for dinner? Where's my plate? Right. Wash up. You know, there was no, there was no telling. He he never had to tell me anything twice. Right. He never had to tell his kids anything twice. It was like, so for me going back to that, getting people to move 
under your direction mm. is a masculine trait, masculine right? Trait, right. Um, you know, getting people to, you know, so, so from, in my, I guess, subliminally, that is what, that's one of the things that I consider masculine. If I'm looking at how I was reared, not, but then if you fast forward to today, mm-hmm. right, there's no way in hell I would sit over here and believe that, you know, I'm not trying to throw stones because my house is glass. just like your house is glass. Mm-hmm. But I don't, there's no way in hell that I can sit here and believe that somebody that can't take care of themselves, but they're hyper-masculine is a masculine individual. Mm. So let me, so because, let's talk about that real quick what? because I want to explore that part. So let me, okay. let me give you a personal example. I'm somebody, I consider myself masculine, right? I consider mm-hmm. myself somebody who embraces protecting my family, providing for my family. Mm-hmm. I also cry easily. Because you're a crybaby. I am. <laughs> do, <laughs> do you, but do, but, but do, should my partner look at me and say, that's a less than masculine trait? And whether, whether the partner does or doesn't, should it factor into their thinking about how much of a man am I? I don't think so. You see what I'm saying? Because there, there's think... some brothers who catch an attitude and stop talking. Some people will say that's a what that, that's a that's a that's not a masculine trait. Like we we supposed to talk it out. Like we don't hold on to stuff. Some some brothers do. I'm brothers I like think... me. I cry. So it, when you encounter parts of a, of a whole human being that don't necessarily mm-hmm. fit the masculine mold, do you think that that counts against people in relationships? I think it depends on the caliber of person you're dealing with. Like. You got to find your, you know, you got to find your, your girl or your guy who values the strength in outward emotion. Mm -hmm. You you see what I'm saying? Because if you think that, because, because this is the thing that this is like when, when, when I keep going back and forth at the time as it relates to masculinity and whatnot, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There are studies that are that have been done that say the reason that black men have some of the issues they have is because they hold everything in. Yep. The reason that we struggle as black men with um, relationships is because we don't have brother circles, right? We don't have safe spaces where we can vent about our issues and realize that you ain't the only one dealing with similar things, Amen. right? So, so, so if you meet a woman who em- empowers you, or if you meet a man who empowers you to be all of you, then you can show up to that person authentically. And to me, in my 2023 world, that's a factor in masculinity. Huh. I wonder sometimes when I hear particularly in our friend circle complain about how they can't find nobody. It's interesting to hear how a lot of it has to do with the opposite, uh, I guess of classic masculinity or gender roles. So I had the sisters all the time say he didn't text me back fast enough. There are a lot of brothers who don't text that, that they, they think it's a trait. Like I'm not going to be on the phone texting all day. 
So it's it's weird. It's a weird cross section because you're expecting some women, uh, and I'm just talking about women here, and it's not to be you know to point down at them, but it is to say that some women <clears throat> expect from a man, or some men expect from a man, or some women expect from a woman to have traits that are masculine or to be masculine, but then do the things that I don't think are masculine, but some men do. Right? Because there are a lot of guys who tell you, like, what kind of man te- sit around texting all day? The one that's trying to catch the pie. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like, it's a, it's a, ca- it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not an easy thing to figure out because some people will say, well, why don't you text me back quick enough? Well, some men will say I was working. I was on the toilet. But, 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 but I think that, so when I, when I hear that, right, mm-hmm. I hear insecurity. Mm. When I hear the saga surrounding texting, right? So, so I think there's two things that you have to, so I think there's two things you got to consider. One is when you're in my presence, how responsive are you on your on your timepiece on your on your communication device? Right. I can, and then when you're not in my presence, how responsive you are on your communication device device as it relates to engaging with me. Mm-hmm. So if you are someone who you just got this not in your makeup, then that's what you get. And then that's you know. But when someone is Again, when I talk to, you know, when I talk to females about, you know, we, we, you know, some of the, some of the stuff, some of the challenges that they, they, that they present or flags that they present surrounding, um, you know, relationships, I think that, you know, I'm not going to say perfection, but I think that everybody wants perfection. Yeah. Especially when you you, you get messaging all the time, like, here's how to be perfect. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And and so for me, it's like, I don't know, yo. I think that's a hard one. <laughs> and there's no right answer because I just hear, but I, I do hear, like, I think some of that comes from, you know, everybody wants to feel special. Yep. And I think maybe sometimes when people text you quickly, then that, that leads you to believe, that would lead them to believe that they are a priority. Let me let me ask you this question. So what about the constructs of elements of running a household, for example? So let's mm-hmm. say somebody thinks in a relationship, a man should be the one to handle the finances. A man should be the one to handle household repairs. A man should be the mm-hmm. one who reads the deed when we buy in a house. Um, mm-hmm. A man should be the one to check the locks before he comes up to bed at night. Do mm-hmm. you think those should be discussed, negotiated? Should men just assume that? Or should we say, no, nah, this is a, you want an equal partnership, baby. Like <laughs> you, we're going to talk about this here. Cause you ain't gonna put all this on me. But I think so as it relates to the, the lock on the door, yeah. it's like whoever the last one to go up, check the lock, come up right? check or, the <laughs> or the app, right. Or right. check your little alarm system app or whatever. Right? right. Right. But as it relates to, some of the other stuff, I think, like, it depends on your likes, yo. If you, like, you set yourself up for failure if your husband keeps shitty books yeah. and you telling him to do the books. Yeah. You set yourself up for failure if, you know what I'm saying, 
your wife don't clean good, but you clean well, and you around here frustrated all the time because the house ain't as clean as you like it, right? And I think that at the end of the day, the, the thing about the relationship is the compromise. Like, it's, 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 it's not... I mean, you know, I don't think we have to really, I think we have to really look at in 2023 where are healthy boundaries in a relationship because I think some, because I don't think masculinity has anything to do with gender role mm. in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I think people. Because I think some of the things you speaking of at this juncture are gender roles. Yeah. Not necessarily this notion of masculinity. But I think people define gender roles as masculine, right? And I think that that's, and I think that's a myth. I think that's. Or feminine. I don't. And that's where we mess up in relationships. So that's why people get canceled so early because they say, I don't want, I don't want my man or I don't want my woman to do that. So that means you're not a man or a woman. (laughs) That's, that's the trick bag there, right? Yeah. And then, and then guess what? They still over there looking and silly. Still, and, you still, and you still outside. <laughs> right. But, I don't, that's, but, but I think that, uh, <laughs> I think that's just a mouthful. Yeah. I think it's a mouthful because it creates, um, I don't even believe that, you know what? I will say this right here. I don't really believe that a lot of women believe in this whole, I believe that it's it's a, and I'm probably gonna get some flack for this, <laughs> for this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I don't think that people say that they want this type of person until you sitting down and they say shut up, right, and look at you like you crazy around people, right. and you still talking. But some some right? people like that though, bro. Yeah, I, right. I would say they men, like I would say men and women. There sometimes they would like sit down and shut up, man. We ain't doing this because th- to them it, it expresses like some authoritative. I care enough not to get into this foolishness, or I care enough not to. Mm. But then it's a fine line because then you think it's disrespectful, or you're a toxic man, or you're a mm. toxic woman. It's a mm. real fine line, especially today. I mean, and I I would say in the. And the spaces that I that I walk through, right? If one of my friends' husbands would tell her, a wife would tell him that sit down and shut up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm looking at them like I'm looking because if you don't have enough decency to be like, yo, come here, let's have a corner, let's have a chat in the corner, mm-hmm. and you doing like those days are gone, man. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm being. Maybe I am. I'm too twenty twenty three. <laughs> so I'm. I'm and, and I'm. I'm. I'm too what woke or conscious to put. You know, because I think that you know, I grew up in an era where and and I can remember how uncomfortable my grandmother looked, how uncomfortable my my, my family members looked. When their husband spoke to them in that regard. Oh man. And I think that I hope that this show and to round out this particular conversation before we get to your affirmation starts to really explore the notion of where we are, like the age that we are. And I think that we can, we can freely say we're in our early forties that we experience as children, 
a totally different way of growing up than is possible today. So we are living, we live through the advent of social media. We live through the advent of the internet. And so when you parallel that with our childhood in the eighties and the eighties was not that different from the seventies and there were still shades of the sixties in it Mm -hmm. that you jump, you, we almost, we almost living in two different worlds. Like we, we, we saw Cosby show. We saw, uh, you know, all in the family, like, you know, if, if you think about family construct just in, in multi mass media, what we saw mm-hmm. as children, and then when we're young adults in our twenties and now all of a sudden, nigga, Facebook? Like <laughs> you know, like we we have seen we have seen culture shift dramatically, right? And so we're kind of caught in the middle of like, what is a relationship? What is a family? Like what what is what is the culture of both? And I think that's why a lot of people are stuck out here. And and I think and I think I referenced this when we had our conversation, but that it, it's called Becoming Dad by Leonard Pitt, right? Mm-hmm. And it's one of those books that I you know I I peruse from time to time because one of his arguments is this whole notion of hyper masculinity, right? Yeah, and how. MTV, BET created this environment where, you know, that behavior that we now, that we are comparing our dads to, our uncles to, was normalized. Mm-hmm. So the, so the hyper-masculine mannerisms that our parents never had. Right. You know, now these dudes are, you know, now, 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 now these dudes are, you know, just, you know, that's the presenting with these mannerisms and that's, that's considered the norm mm-hmm. or that was the, the, the advent of the, the norm. Yeah. Right. So in doing so, I think we create what, what was created was because it happened so fast was a generation of people who even who may have not had a lot of male influence getting their influence from mm. entities that didn't have their best interest at heart. Right. Pop culture. Yep. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I think that there's nothing wrong with, you know, pop culture when you can when 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 it's being um challenged by lived experience. Right. Right. And I guess an example of that would be boys, boys in the hood. Right. Mm -hmm. If you look at how what's Lawrence Fishburne, Mm -hmm. his role as, as this, a stand up father, Mm -hmm. right. Um, trying to be an epitome of a dad Mm -hmm. to his son, showing his dad what showing his son, like this is, this is a man, right? Not this going out here and taking stuff that's not yours. But not hurting people, but being a man is working in your community, right? Being a man is taking care of your family. Being a man is being an example to your kids. Right. Even if you ain't with the mama no more, this is still a man. Right. Right? So I just think those are, you know, in my, you know, in my mind and pulling it out of the sky, just, I, I guess that's 
what I think. That's what we had to wrestle with. We're going to take another quick break. We're going to round out Ain't Nothing Now here, episode one, our inaugural episode with the affirmation. We'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, Ain't Nothing Out here, inaugural episode. And what we would like to do with every episode is give y'all an affirmation, um, some courage, uh, some support, uh, a vibe that suggests that what you're doing in pursuit of a healthy, happy, long lasting relationship is good for you and is a valuable pursuit. So, bro, take off, man. Um, you're you're the expert on this in this area. So, the, the, you know, the, the time we have left is all you, man. Cool thing. So this affirmation is one. So life gives us many examples um, for good, for bad. And if we take a moment to really reflect upon um, life as it's presented to us, I think that we can always walk away with a gem, right? Something that can carry us from situation to situation or um, from um, person to person. I had an opportunity to take my mind to a candle making workshop and during the workshop, the host explained that a scent is comprised of a top, middle, and base note. The top notes draw you in as it's the first thing you smell. The middle notes are the heart or character of the scent. Lastly, you smell the base note, which gives the scent its body and longevity. I want us to reflect upon the dimensions that make us who we are physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Just as each, each note of a scent supports the other to create a beautiful fragrance, we must also know that we need our physical, mental, and spiritual being to be in sync, to be all that God has designed us to be. Beloved, I believe we I believe when we move in one, in wholeness, in oneness, completely, the world is our canvas, and impactful change will happen. Amen, beloved. So we round this thing out. How, how do you think that we did? If you were if you were to just think about this conversation, do you think we did, we did well for episode one? I think that um, it was different. <laughs> um, <laughs> would you I listen? Would you listen to it in the car? <laughs> I would definitely. I would definitely listen to it because I think that at the end of the day, we are trying to generate thoughtful conversation that will inspire you to talk with your friends and and loved ones about what you think is important. Um, if you're interested in some sort of healthy relationship. And you and I both, man, and our friend group, we tend to be the, the old lions of the group, and we counsel young brothers and young sisters. H- hang in there, man. Hang in there. Value relationships. Value uh, pairing up with somebody um, because that is always going to be the backbone of our community. Um, it's what God intends. And for so many reasons, economic, culturally, spiritually, socially, we, we, you can't do this thing alone because the longer you try to do it alone, the more prone you are to hurt somebody because the more prone you are to get hurt. Uh, so we hope that this is just one element uh, that you take with you in humor um, and an insight and dialogue 
uh, that that is a is a tool that you use to say, hey, man, I can hang in there. I can find somebody and I can hang in there with them. So we hope you enjoyed episode one of Ain't Nothing Out Here. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to email us every now and then, I will drop this email address. It won't be all the time. It won't be every time. But I will say this so people can email us comments. Email address is info at ain't nothing out here dot com. Check us out on the website. You can check us out on Instagram. All your all the places where you can get your podcast. Ain't nothing out here. Share with your friends and family. We love you guys. We will see you next time. Peace. Peace.